I'm Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. Hi, everybody. Jason Klom here. It's the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. The year is 1980. The, the artist is Chevy Chase. The album is Chevy Chase, his self-titled album. My guest, Matt Gorley. Hi. Hi. Welcome here. I'm lying down in full recline like a, like a Freudian therapy session. Mm-hmm. That's and you're very nice. sitting up. Uh-huh. That's very comforting. <laughs> I have a beard, you know, it's, so it's coming I. in, so I know, but yeah. I'm just, yours is more, you've got more of a Freudian beard, too. Because of the gray. Yeah, yeah. well, it's nice. Well, thanks. I'll never have that, I just have a NASCAR beard, which is blonde. It's gross. <laughs> I'll t- I'd trade you. Yeah, would you really? Yeah, no, so. no. So, okay, so we, we went through, and you, you were like, here, three of these albums look interesting. So I ripped them all. Yeah. And it was between a Marx Brothers compilation, a Foster Brooks album, and Chevy Chase's self-titled debut and only album. Is it? Okay, yeah. I'm assuming it's his only album. It's gotta be. I, haven't, I didn't find anything else. So what, why? <laughs> well, of those three, I mean, I'm a huge Marx Brothers fan. Of course. And then you had warned me when you sent that it's, it's weird, and I listened, and it was just clips from the movie, so it didn't feel right. It felt like cheating, you know? It's, yeah, okay. It's not... I get that. And then um, Foster Brooks. I'm a huge Foster Brooks fan. So I listened to that, and I don't know. It didn't feel like there was that much to talk about because it was just character in a roast after roast after roast, yeah, basically. kind of the same joke. Yeah, and I enjoy listening to of it. Of course. But it doesn't feel like it merits that much discussion. But Chevy Chase, this album is such an oddity. It's strange. <laughs> it's part cover album, part comedy album, mm-hmm. part performance art. Right. I, yeah, and I mean, I just have... I guess I have plenty to talk about it. I've listened to it twice. Mm-hmm. And I always, like, I'm always hankering for this era Chevy Chase before he turned in kind of insufferable. Mm-hmm. And he really was one of my favorite comedians and in many ways is, like, a great inspiration to me comedically. I don't even realize half the time that I'm probably mimicking Chevy Chase's kind nah. of, like, exasperated <laughs> can-do character that doesn't know what he's doing. And <laughs> he's just always in the back of my mind sometimes when I'm acting or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's probably more subconscious than anything, but I just just watched so many Chevy Chase films and television when I was a kid. And, you know, it's funny, same with Burt Reynolds, and it's like, I must like these guys that then become shadows of their former selves, and I don't mean <laughs> career-wise, right. I just mean, like, they become sort of bitter and jaded in a way that's that's hard to watch. It's like, yeah. I can't reconcile that these two men are their former selves. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and even as, even as much as I like watching Chevy Chase on, like, Community or something, yeah. it's not... At all the same, especially once you hear the behind the scenes shit and it gets, yeah. it's just like, oh, well, all right, I'm going to, but you know, at the very least, like the one thing this podcast has had to deal with over the last two years is Cosby. Can't talk about Cosby again. The worst he's done is just being an asshole. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what and I mean? Like, I, and, I and so mean. that's why I don't mind revisit. And actually, did you see the National Lampoon documentary that's no, on Netflix? I'd like to see it. It's so good and even better for the fact that. And I don't think he's putting on airs. There's there are some points where he almost breaks down crying, mm. and he's so fucking sincere. And it's like, oh my god, that's that's the guy. Just get to come out a little bit more. Yeah, and you know, doing I was there too. The podcast that I do, where I talk to people in small but significant roles in films. 
Whenever they mention Bill Murray, they don't mm-hmm. speak fondly of him, but mm-hmm. anybody that's worked with Chevy Chase still speaks fondly of him. So I wonder yeah. if some of that is just circumstance or right. what, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it, probably. And I, I feel like he's a guy who has been, I mean, you know, blame whatever you want, but like back pain, uh, painkillers. I don't know if he ever had an addiction, but I mean, he's rumored to, that's at least the painkillers have been a problem for him. So oh, like, wow. if you're constantly in pain, the same reason like George Washington's always pictured with a fucking scowl on his face. <laughs> like maybe that's just why it comes across. I don't know. I mean, I've heard the voicemail of the left Dan Harmon. Everybody's yeah. heard that. But beyond that, I don't know. He's in, he's interesting, but I also feel like that voicemail is kind of part performance art because he feels like he's playing it up. I think so too, and all oh, I love Dan Harmon, but he, yeah. you know he's he's a tornado too. Of so I'm sure that there were some <laughs> immovable force and unstoppable object mm-hmm. situation going on. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't it, it, you, what you said is right. I don't know what this album is. I don't know where it stands. At all. It's at the beginning of like I was thinking about it the other day. It might be one of the first things ever committed to vinyl to parody rap 1980 yeah, it's pretty quick yeah i think that's what i like about it I even listening to it now i can't quite conceive of what it is i can't think of yeah. anything like it uh-uh. yeah i was i again when i first saw it because if you look at the cover it seems to be it's actually a really brilliant cover because it seems to be uh kind of like a like i mentioned like a return the return of bruno type of thing like this is his he's gonna he's gonna do music uh-huh. and if, if you look on the back like you said it looks like covers but the, the the cover has him wearing myriad sunglasses that are have an impossible reflection in them which is somebody else's hands playing the fucking piano uh, which is right because he's tilting he's tilting them with one hand his yeah like a david caruso bringing him down and uh-huh. looking over the tips of his sunglasses the whole picture's in black and white but the reflection is in color is in color yeah but it looks like it would be his shirt. So mm-hmm. it's that explains it all. It's like parallel dimensions. This whole thing is a bizarro album of mm-hmm. some kind. But when you li- okay, so your first impression though is funny. The first thing that pops in no, your head, no, yeah. So <laughs> what, what? But serious isn't either though. When no. you look at it because he's kind of got that Chevy Chase smirk. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the thing. This thing doesn't. It defies categorization, mm-hmm. and I love it. It starts out with kind of a sketch, which is. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, a bunch of FBI guys singing the national anthem. Yeah. I guess the gag is that they're passionless. They're, and... Well, they're a choir of some kind. Yeah. And mm-hmm. This gets to that thing that I love about Chevy Chase, which is him doing a character of a guy thinking he's succeeding when he's failing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just going at it 100%. And um, all of these sort of feel like half-baked. And that's kind of what I like about it. Like, well, we'll figure it out when we get in the studio. I mean, like, yeah. like whoever the musician and arranger is, is clearly doing his job. Of course. Yeah. And it's got tight production. And it's like Chevy Chase comes in one day after rapping Modern Problems and goes, okay, I'm ready to lay down my tracks. What mm-hmm. are you going to do? Ah, I'll do this and this. I've, I've prepared two of them, but let's just wing the rest. Okay, well, we've got full band recordings that are completely authentic. Just do what you want. With them. Right. That's absolutely what it felt like. Yeah. And it just seemed like you just... Uh, the, the second thing on here is the one that kind of hurts my brain. Well, it was the first thing that really hurt my brain, which is just short people. And how do you parody a satire? <laughs> That's exactly right. Rough. I have not a parody, question mark. This song seems to me that it's it's a cover that doesn't have the same lyrics, but just extrapolates the joke and hits you over the head with it. So Yeah, okay. I guess that's a good point. That is a good point. I couldn't tell if he was trying to, like, genuinely make fun. But now that you say that, then then I'm, I'm now giving him more credit. So, all right. But you, you're right, though, because 
the Randy Newman song is satire. He's yeah. being sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Chevy Chase is just poking fun, so it does feel. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Part of me just thinks he really likes the song and wants to sing it, but feels he needs to do a comedy thing with it. Mm-hmm. But again, all of these, all of these songs seem like. He was at a party. The song comes on, and he just starts riffing, and he's around four or five people who just start cracking up. He's like, yeah, we should record this. This is really funny. It's funny in the room, but it doesn't fully translate to a finished product. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, that's something I love about it. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the MO of at least SNL now, though, or at least in, maybe in its more problem years. It's always felt like that must have worked really yeah. well with your buddies. Right, exactly. But it just it, for me, just doesn't translate. Like, it does. That is a... And I don't know. Do you damn it for for being, uh, you know, him thinking he can get away with whatever he wants, or do you celebrate the fact that he's doing whatever he wants as an artist? Like this is yeah. like this is weirdly a pure expression, and also seems super cynical. It does. It does. <laughs> it seems like something that would have come along right when he was at, in many ways, the peak of his career, yeah. and probably just at a party, even did a deal like, yeah, I'll come in and do that. And mm-hmm. so he's not giving it. Is all, but his eighty percent is still so good at this point. Mm-hmm. You can feel you can feel it needs more attention to something, and he doesn't give <laughs> it that. But you still, I just still enjoy it. You yeah, know? yeah. It, what year did the first National Lampoon come out? Vacation, I mean. Oh, uh, early eighties. I'm yeah. not sure when. Eighty three, eighty four, okay. maybe. Let me check. So nineteen eighty, you had well, well. What's okay? Let's let's step back for a second. What's your first experience with Chevy Chase? It would be Saturday Night Live, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and so um, I remember being very young and letting my parent, my parents, letting me stay up. I let my parents <laughs> stay up <laughs> to watch it. Um, <laughs> Eighty-three was Vacation. Okay, so I was very aware of his like Gerald Ford kind of things, mm-hmm. his his Weekend Update, um, but it. And then I think Foul Play might have been one of the earlier things okay. I saw on early cable television, which I still love to this day. And then Vacation cemented it for me. For completely. sure. Yeah. Short people got more reason. Short people got more reason. Short people got more reason to live. They got quicker hands. Quicker eyes, they're built lower to the ground, a better balance for the size. They eat much less food, they breathe much less air. They're much smarter with the money and only pay half fair. Well, I just want more short people. Must have more short people. I need more short people around here. I lost my thought, but that said, I I feel like I could at least give people like a sampling of the lyrics real quick, just of short people, which is, I'll just give them the chorus, which is short people got more reason to live. That's it. Like, yeah. that's just to get, that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of high art that you, and he's naming all the short, all the, all, all the short celebrities. That's right. Including, uh, Belushi is in there. Yeah. Um, 
Was he dead yet? No, he wasn't dead yet. Uh, it would have been awkward. Uh, he wouldn't have done that. Uh, yeah, Pacino, Hoffman, Billy Barty, genuinely tiny man. Yeah. Um, Even Carrie Fisher and Paul Simon. Carrie Fisher and Paul Simon are both in there. Bella Abzug. Yeah. Um, were you, okay, so then were you laughing listening to this or were you curious listening? To Not this? this song. Okay. There's some stuff that made you laugh. There is. The next song has something that made me genuinely laugh. Never Going to Sing for You, being being a parody of Barry White's Never Going to Give You Up. Or is that Never Going to Give You Up? Is that what it is? What is it? Never Going to what? What the fuck is the name of the song? What's Uh, Never Going to Give You Up? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. (laughs) Is that Rick Astley? Yeah, that's Rick Astley. What is the actual Never... I don't know the name of the song. I don't know. That said, um, yeah, Barry White-ish. Yeah. Him... Never, never getting to the singing part of the song. It's when he's doing the spoken intro, uh-huh. just talking to the crowd, mm-hmm. and he just does a casual laugh, but then it doesn't stop and it keeps going. <laughs> and that slayed me. That to me was every reason why this should exist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you found that in the moment. If <laughs> it feels like it, but I, it's the album is worth listening to for that moment. It doesn't even go on that long, but it's clearly longer than it should. Yes. He went, he must have consciously gone, I'm not going to end this laugh. I'm going to do it twice as long to the point where the listener notices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it just becomes a fat joke, the whole thing. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. does. I feel like I, I would maybe be more forgiving of this. And I don't hate it or anything, but I'd be more forgiving of it if there wasn't this perception of a guy who on SNL was just a guy waiting to be a movie star, which right. is how he's now painted in retrospect. Yeah. But I don't think that's fair. In 1980, this is a guy who had been famous for five years and is like, I want to do a new fucking thing, maybe. That could yeah. just be it. Well, yeah, because he's definitely someone that you could tell, you know, how they say comedians want to be musicians and vice versa. Sure. When he plays that Fender Rhodes and Caddyshack and he's oh. just improvising that song, I was born to rub you. Was it? No, I was born to love you. I was born to lick your face. I was born to rub you, but you were born to rub me first, or whatever it was. <laughs> it's good, yeah. you know. It's good. Yeah. He could have had a musician, a musician's career. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I would love to hear a sincere album from him at this time. Yeah, that's a good point. I. And that's, again, that's what I was expecting. And then uh, there's another thing where expectations are so shattered. I was like, oh, he's going to try to be funny. Which is weird to say that because it's Chevy fucking Chase. But yeah. in, a, in a medium and a method, both of which seem totally foreign to him. Because he's not like, I don't know, is he, is he a good singer? I can't tell because he's doing goofy voices on yeah, this whole I album. I think he, he might be. And I think that's the thing is, and I've experienced this as someone that works primarily in comedy but really likes music. Sure. It's easier to sing in character, and it's easier to get away with doing music when you don't have to be taken seriously. So maybe sure. he really had desires to, to do this stuff, but it was easier to blur the line like this. Because this is certainly, it you know, it expresses some chops. He's got some chops, and mm-hmm. then, but it, he can easily have plausible deniability of like, no, it's just a Absolutely. comedy album. It doesn't have to be good, but it is good. Yeah. And the musicians are amazing. Oh, yeah. No, that's undeniable. It's really great music yeah um so the next oh yeah jesus christ this next one's pretty rough it's super super rough called i shot the sheriff because it's i shot the sheriff but every every line almost every line is the other things that he shot yeah drugs Mm -hmm. yeah and uh he this is again it's not a parody it's as if the song were to go on longer Mm -hmm. and bob marley (laughs) It's like continues the song and f- 
it's as if Bob Marley wrote I Shot the Sheriff and then continued singing and the point of the song was for he himself to fulfill a racial stereotype. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> like, parody needs a theme, right? Good, yeah. like a Weird Al, he's got a theme. Whether it's just food is the theme of my parody, fine. Every line's going to hit that beat. This does... I, I guess drugs are the theme, but it's just... Yeah, it's just not strong enough. No, it's and really what's not. weird is like the subject matter is is kind of tired and old and disappointing, but his rhymes are good. Sure. And his phrasing is good. Yeah. It's too bad that the subject matter is just kind of, I don't know, juvenile or something. Super juvenile. I'm not saying this is one of the good rhymes, but I no. can't help uh-huh. but notice. Uh, I shot the sheriff. I do not care if. And then he goes on to say yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just, I don't know. In in the lyric sheet I'm looking at right now, it's got it's got the the uh, what the hell these what's it called when other people sing after you just sing? Jesus, like this chorus? Sure, why not? When he says like I oh you know specifically oh, like it says refined. like yeah there you go. So I could just be one of the guys and then I could is in parentheses. At one point you get down farther enough. I stabbed a guava is one he says, and then it parentheses is absolutely nothing. There's literally zero words there. It's but just there's space. Parentheses? Yeah, there's there's parentheses with a space in it, which I'll, I'll give some credit to whomever put together the the, the lyrics. Stabbed a guava. That's got to be a drug term. Or something. Maybe I don't know. Maybe. Let me see. There was something else in there that something about. I also stabbed some lemon trees. Ah. Uh-huh. What is that? I mean? don't know. I'm I my get is it just sounds like it's eating itself. It's like it does start out as the shot, the drugs thing, but I feel like it starts eating itself because then shot becomes literal again and then it becomes stab, is my guess. <laughs> this is rough. This is surreal. And I don't picture this as a guy. Uh, Chevy Chase is a man who did psychedelics or anything like that, but it's got this real vibe of like some of the weirdest comedy I've ever heard. Yeah. It feels like it might be the closest to him, though, because mm-hmm. he's like, I don't think he's worried too much about this as he might be a feature film or something so sure this is just him with his guard down or something mm-hmm. like i said like something he was doing at a party so he lays it down i don't know yeah, yeah. it does have that it, it does have that feel yeah. to it um nice little picture of him oh, as a no, child on the inside oh, no. adorable look at cute little chevy chase with a fucking smart ass grin though <laughs> that is like that's a pain that's child's gonna grow up to be something you can see it um and then let it be, which is one. The lyrics are not in here because he doesn't change the lyrics. He's he's decided he's gonna do it as a chipmunk. It's just a chipmunk version of "Let It Be." Uh-huh. However, mm-hmm. it proves what an amazing song this is because I'm still moved by. It. Oh, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I've, I've listened to it twice, <laughs> and in some ways, it's even more beautiful. I don't know what it is. Like you can hear the purity of the melody a little bit more. Uh-huh. Because I guess they pitch shifted, and it seems almost as if it's locked into the key so precisely. Or sure, something. yeah, no, I get that. It smooths out too when you, you you lose some of the imperfections in a voice when you speed it up. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I found it to be like it hit me, it affected my emotions, and that's just really saying something about the original song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no other comedy in it other than it's just done chipmunk style. The rest of the music totally, yeah, totally exactly as it was. Yeah. I thought about, I didn't get to do this. I thought about going back to slow it down or just pitch shift it back down because I want to hear him singing it. Yeah. 
I don't want to hear him singing slow, though, so it would be a very weird thing to knock the pitch back and hear him almost sincerely. Maybe sincere. That's what I, that's what you can't tell, because as chipmunk eyes, maybe he just totally lays it out. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's fascinating. That's an, This, to me, the minute it started, I was like, oh, no. And then <laughs> 20 seconds later, it was a highlight of the album for me. <laughs> Uh okay so I don't have wait I don't have notes on this next song so I just remember have it. disco sex song I, is I don't know is this an actual song uh it's not listed on here let me I'm 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 gonna look it up um so this song we're already on side oh my god I didn't even notice that it said that what on the back it says side one and side three that's oh, there you there you go Chevy uh yeah love to have my baby yes right it's the disco sex song. Uh, let's see. Let's, let's look up love to have my baby around finishing. I shot the sheriff. Mm -hmm. It does feel like whoever's producing this album is like, that's all we got. So why don't you come in? We'll do a chipmunk version. Just name a song. And then how about we do a disco song and you just improvise sex sounds over it and then deliver a baby. Yeah. We'll do that on the day. Basically. Let's just hit record and see what happens. Cause the, the, the rest doesn't feel the rest of this album, except for Rapper's Delight, doesn't feel planned. This is an original, 100% it's original, uh, well, at least from everything I can see right now. But yeah, that's it, which sounds like, I'm assuming it's him doing all the noises, right? Doesn't it sounds sound like, like it, yeah. Sounds like lady it. Lady sex noises. Yeah. Mostly lady sex noises, right? Yeah. That slowly so. but surely morph into baby giving. Baby giving? That's not how you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Birthing if noises. you're going to give the baby up for adoption, maybe. Yeah, it is baby giving noises at that point. But yeah, ha- having a child, which... Would be a this is the thing. It might be a staunch commentary on something. Yeah, but mixed in with everything else that's happening, it's just such a hodgepodge. I think this is a last minute. We need some more material. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and probably the musicians are like, "Well, we have this disco jam Mm -hmm. plan. Let's do it. See how long you can just sit there and fake orgasms." (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but maybe there's no lyrics, right? Faking, there knows? are no lyrics other than maybe a few improvised like things he says. Yeah, I've, it's basically sex noises for two to three minutes, mm-hmm. and then it turns out he's del- she's delivering a baby. Uh huh. Yeah, not to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one then is a cover, and also another one that he did not change the lyrics. This to. one's a straight up cover. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this song is so sacrosanct he won't fuck with it. Uh-huh. Like this one, he doesn't do anything with. He does no. a deep, soulful voice, right. but it's just a cover of 16 Tons, and that's it. There's nothing more to say. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, did you know this existed before I showed it to you? No. Okay. No. So that that I'd have to look up the sales records of it, but that's that's just, okay. Had you seen it? 
as a young man, a very young man, when this came out? Would you have picked it up, do you think? Um, at some point in my life, I certainly would have. Had I have seen it in the past 10 years, I would have, for sure. Mm-hmm. I probably would have been disappointed because I, looking at it, I probably would have thought it was just like soft rock songs, which mm-hmm. I would have loved. Sure. Because that era of soft rock songs and the people he hung out with musically. That's a good point. I would have loved, you know. Yeah. I'm assuming Paul Simon was an actual friend. I have to, I have to assume. I, don't I know would anything. assume, too. God, I mean, if he ended did some songs with Paul Simon. That'd be amazing. I know he's in his video, but right. That's know. the only association I have of him and a musician. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's all 16 tons is him doing a more soulful than slightly than, than uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford yeah. version of 16 tons. Um, <laughs> and then next is wild thing. Virtually unlistenable. Uh-huh. This is the low point of the, uh-huh. <laughs> it's really <laughs> tough to get through this one. Um, it's a straight cover, though, right? Is it yeah, a straight I think cover? So. He's just doing a like someone who's in pain. The voice is someone who's in pain. Yeah, I was trying to figure out originally if it was like a scared person, but then towards the end, it's clear that he's just in some kind of physical discomfort. Yeah, for for some reason, and crying towards the end. So, how do covers work? Did they have to pay royalties to the songwriters? You, for these? You, I know that you have to pay a certain type of royalty to do no lies lies nope i shouldn't say that that's not true because weird al doesn't have to he just gets permission even though he legally doesn't have to so oh. you can cover the full thing as long as you don't use the original uh tracks or anything as long as you do it yourself you don't you technically have to pay have any to. publishing not to no. the best of my knowledge oh. i'd have to ask my buddy mike who does this shit for a living but if i remember correctly you don't have to technically hmm. you can hmm. if you want to cover your ass but there are a couple things here where he would he must have just paid for it because he's just doing a cover once you do a cover even if it's you sound like a fucking idiot while doing it oh I see what you're saying yeah Yeah, if you do a cover you have to pay for it but yeah that's a it's a weird that's why it's such a weird mix and I you assume once short people comes on because National Anthem is like a really well mixed track that sounds kind of like it's in a big stadium and it sounds kind of cool in terms of like how it's mixed it's good and then there's nothing else on this entire album that has mixing or sketch-ish sounds and then short people okay it's you assume that there's a a precedent that's been set and that precedent never follows through (laughs) at all no at all uh and then he's in pain and wild thing and starts crying at the end and then and then rapper's plight rapper's plight yeah but it's just rapper's delight with different lyrics (laughs) More drug humor, which feels old, but yeah. good rhymes again. <laughs> again, no, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely right. Given given the... Now, I was thinking about this. I was like, well, he's doing these, like, it's offensive to make fun of this, you know, new art form. Well, it's absolutely not, because it was this goofy sounding. I mean, the the rhymes and Rapper's Delight are dumb as shit. As fun yeah. as it might be. Yeah. And groundbreaking. And then there's, the there's a like, clearly a very stodgy white couple that comes in mm-hmm. and basically is like... a. F- afraid of an urban environment Mm -hmm. however it is very funny because he's just doing this white voice in the middle of the song his wife has left her alligator purse somewhere and he's coming to ask if someone has seen it but this is all within the rap so the white guy just starts rapping hey there friend do you have my alligator (laughs) purse and it's it's pretty yeah you know what honestly you know what that 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 did actually kind of pull me back when i originally listened to it and and now i lie i did lie because there is some mixing there's some sound effects and shit in this yeah. especially towards the end um so the album ends on an up note especially after wild thing mm-hmm. for me anyway right yeah i just don't i i can't figure out what he was thinking i i think he's just in a drug malaise this whole album yeah. just feels like a weekend drug trip mm-hmm. 
but but it's still kind of sharp. Yeah. You know, it's pretty produced pretty tightly. So maybe after the drug trip during the week, the producer mm-hmm. went and just made sense of it all. I mean, technically, this is, this is a lot of lyrics to write out. Like, he had to go through, or somebody had to go through. I mean, it's him and whoever Tom Scott is. Sorry, guys, I have no idea who that is. Chevy Chase and Tom Scott seem to have written all of all of these. Yeah, but even that feels like, you know how Monty Python would put those scripts out, and it was clearly written after they had kind of yeah, also solidified true. things? Yeah, also true. Yeah, which um, is probably why there's no words in the no parentheses. Word in, after know, I stabbed a guava. didn't put anything in the song. <laughs> Doesn't have every lyric. I didn't. I didn't get to check this. Yeah, you know the script is in here too. The the, the actual dialogue is yeah, in here as well, including like character names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll give another sample just of the lyrics because it begins with a hip hip diggity dog and a bibbity bobbity boo, zippity doo dah cuckoo cachoo dig a kiddly divey too. That's how far back he goes. Yes, he goes Disney to Beatles to mm-hmm. that old song. Mercy dots and dozy dots uh-huh. and little lambsy divey. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Rudy Kazooty. Tutti Fruity O oh Rudy. I could go on, but I won't. It's yeah, but it's all about drug dealing. That's it. Rapper's plight is what this is. You're right though, it does at the very least have a couple solid jokes in there and the idea of the dialogue kind of becoming part of the song is cute. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. And his delivery is pretty good on all but uh Wild Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wild things rough. There's there is a lot of him, um, sort of um, appropriating certain voices. Yeah, that is on this. That's uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I didn't see that the word fag was in the lyrics. Yeah. Or, um, and in fact, know. he does a very fave voice for the guy saying like, "Where are my Jordache jeans?" Mm-hmm. Okay, of course he does. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I don't know where to go from this. This is just so fucking weird. Have. Uh, I've never heard another album like this. And I've got, you know, I've got 400 albums sitting at home. I'm trying to listen oh to all of them. I don't think I'm going to run into another one. Let me know if you do. Yeah, no, I absolutely will. I'm going to, I now have to keep my eye out for other, like, because I've wanted to, you can't treat it like a comedy album, but I've wanted to listen to Eddie Murphy's straight music. Yeah. Have you ever heard other than Party just, All the Time? No, just the Party song. Yeah. I also do have Return of Bruno, and I've never listened to it all the way yeah, through. Yeah, I've never heard that. Again, I know there's no comedy on it, but it, they are they are curiosities, which I assume this would be at most. I didn't know he was trying to do a comedy album. Um, well, who are the other comedians that have? Who have done music? Yeah, Shit, that's a very good question. Uh, I mean, Eddie Murphy just always stands out, because that's kind of, if you even look at him on Twitter, he treats himself like a musician now. Yeah. Which is fucking weird to me. Uh, God. I'm sure there are others. I know that a few people went and rapped. You know, that became, I mean, Wolf Smith did the reverse, but I feel like there were one or two. I'm, I don't know. As far as comedians, I don't yeah. know. Hmm. It's weird to me that, that, that this would happen. Uh, so if if you're going <laughs> to, is, is there somebody in this world that you would say you should check out this album? Or is this just a Matt Gorley thing right now? Do you think you're the only no, person in the world? Uh, no, I think even if you end up not liking it, it's worth hearing because it's such an s- anomaly, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't think you'll be disappointed by it. Well, maybe because I've hyped it so much, but that little laugh in the Barry White song. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Let It Be Chipmunk version <laughs> holds up. <laughs> and, and the white guy busted in on Rapper's Delight. And they're basically at the beginning, the midpoint, and the end. So it's enough to get you through. <laughs> and the whole album's like 35 minutes. Yeah, it is very short. Yeah. That is a good point. 
it felt longer at the time. I should have given it a second listen to see which of those stood out, but you, you've made a strong argument for the few that, that seem to work. There are a lot of names on the back of this. I'm just trying to see here if there are any other names we would I recognize. recognize. I also like no. this as a time capsule just of this era. Production-wise, like mm-hmm. the music is very much of that time. It feels like he was even in there with the Saturday Night Live band or just mm-hmm. a bunch of like journeyman musicians that are incredible and all just get stoned together and wear berets and trench coats. (laughs) (laughs) When I find myself in times of trouble Mother Mary comes to me Speaking words of wisdom Let it be And in my hour of darkness She is standing back on i mean does, does it does it change your perspective on who chevy chase is at all no it solidifies the guy that i love yeah yeah i mean i would say his cracks are starting to show at, in mm-hmm. this album mm-hmm. and especially in things like wild thing and some of the there's some sl- slightly mean humor mm-hmm. in here which you know you recognize in him even looking back at saturday night live sure he he's a could be a bit of a bully and it maybe it was insecurity or something and you can see a bit of that but there's also a lot of the fun there are times when it feels like he was really having fun and that's when i love chevy chase you know? i can see that that's yeah. a good point that for all his i don't know for all his things i still for the most parts really really enjoy him yeah. this makes me wonder if he's what if if okay if if he <laughs> if he still does music like he's not Jeff right. Goldblum. He's not doing a, a night of jazz every month. Right. Like, what? I yeah, do want to know. Question. I mean, does does a does he do music, or if he doesn't, does he still have like a Fender Rhodes set up in his house, or a grand right. piano, or something where he occasionally will tinkle them, or something? You mm-hmm. know. Oh. I I desperately want him on my show. Yeah. Have you tried? Uh, I'm trying. I I don't think I have tried for him. I've tried for adjacent people. Yeah. But I don't know that I've ever had the guts to try for Chevy Chase. I would try. Now that, now that I'm going to now. You should. It would be amazing yeah. because not only would I love to, I probably won't be able to go to his house, but I would love to exactly see if he has musical instruments sitting yeah. around. I want to know what's under. But then again, he also strikes me as a guy who doesn't, who's like, here's my, like kind of a David Letterman. Here's my comedy. This is what you get. You get nothing else. Bye bye. Like, so you don't get to know who the fuck I am on the inside. So that's why I'm, I'm going to have this the hard shell uh-huh. I, so i don't know yeah he might not care to let anyone in and i can he's someone that. that belies himself where letterman may be have a wall up but i think he's pretty honest and he's not he's not hiding he's just not letting you in right chevy chase always feels like he's obfuscating or okay, trying I to i don't know like make up for something or and you can see right through it and that's Part of actually why I find him endearing because he's mm-hmm. not, he doesn't seem 
like a bad person necessarily. Mm-hmm. He just maybe seems a little insecure or something. So that's why with someone who's he's been maligned and he's also done things I think that deserves a bad reputation, but he never seems on par with me with those people that are really reprehensible or anything. Sure. Like he just seems like a curmudgeonly guy who's maybe lost his way a little bit, but at his core is probably a good enough man. And mm-hmm. still, I still think that talent is in there. You know, I wish yeah. he had some director could, that could like really push him. Around. I know. <laughs> I know. And I maybe you know, I, whenever I, th- I have the same thoughts, I'm like, is this nostalgia? But no, cause there's enough of his stuff that still holds up yeah. like legitimately same as with Eddie Murphy. I watch trading places as, an, as often as I can. Like that's one of those where I would love to see that guy do a movie with a swear in it. Yeah, right. I don't understand he, what's happening there. Is it just he's found God? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the money was like the second he did the Nutty Professor is like, oh, this is where the money is, family shit. And I, uh, I get that, but it's also like, I don't know. I at this point, I would be fine with another Beverly Hills Cop if that's what got you out of out of this. Right. What I perceive to be a rut comedically. Yeah, you know my idea. What my idea was to make the final. Die Hard and the final Beverly Hills Cop, the same movie, and I just think that they should fucking blow it all up at the same time. And with, then... with both of them teaming up? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I fucking love that yeah. so much. Oh. Bring back Reginald Bell Johnson. Yeah. Bring back Rosewood. We, we can get some Judge Reinhold in there. Yeah. It's a weird idea, but it might. It, you can't jump the shark more with the Die Hard franchise. No, that's and, dumb. And Eddie Murphy hasn't done anything like so yeah. might as well blow it all up oh my at once. God, yeah. I have the opening written. Like Really? Oh, yeah, man. Well, pit, oh, yeah. get him on the podcast. All right, all right guys. Eddie Murphy, come on. Damn it, I got to tell you, if Eddie, that's like a dream guest. I mean, obviously, obviously, but like, yeah. You want to corner him and ask him why he's not doing stand-up. Yeah. Um, okay. Actually, I, I did want to ask you, what's your favorite Chevy Chase movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, as a film, not a Chevy Chase vehicle, mm-hmm. foul play. Okay. But as a just pure Chevy Chase mainlining to my veins probably vacation yeah um let me think i also love christmas vacation i was gonna ask some people who are purists seem to not like christmas vacation oh, really? which weirds me out oh i think he's i love that he's in top form mm-hmm. in that and it doesn't hurt that it's a christmas movie like that's one that i'll never grow tired of mm-hmm. spies like us has some great chevy chase moments sure. um you know, interestingly, I love Three Amigos well enough, but I feel like you can start to see him worrying that he's being eclipsed in that movie and you don't get a pure performance mm. out of him, you know? I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's what I'll have to look at next I time I think he watch works it. well with Dan Aykroyd because mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd does, his comedy doesn't encroach on his style. Yeah. But you've got Martin Short, who's this like powerhouse dynamo. Mm-hmm. Who just like, he just, he not only goes hundred percent for attention but even mm-hmm. when he's just resting your eye is drawn to him and i feel like chevy chase doesn't know where to be in that movie and i find it interesting to watch for that reason but yeah. in the vacation movies it's all about him sure and so he feels unfettered but yeah i would like to watch three's three amigos now just for that reason i don't know well hip hip a diggity dog and a bippity boppity boo Welcome, Jim. You're in the house of Sam, and I'm happy to say that's me. Dig the 
party don't stop if you wanna bop I got uppers, downers, LSD Don't be low, have a blow, a little get up and go Joe, have yourself a little freeze I toot for the snoot if you wanna go the route I got grams, quarters, I got OZs Hey, step in the back, Jack, join the crowd I know you'll enjoy the fun Everyone's wired and the music's loud If you wanna break the ice, here's a one-on-one -on -one. Hey, look who's here, it's my old friend Jack the Smack Welcome, bro, don't he take it slow How come you so laid back, Jack? I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it because the character comes across. I mean, the character's obviously dumb, um, but he isn't. He isn't given as much to do in the same way specifically, like that Steve Martin and Martin Short are. So, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, he's like the um, uh, non in the General Zod trio. He's like <laughs> the big thug. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, they have similar uniforms, sure, similar styles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, in foul play, he's just he's just the hero. He's kind of the in some ways the straight man, mm -hmm. but he's really endearing. He's in his prime. He's so good looking, and like that movie to me is I just love that movie. I have such a nostalgia for that movie. I only just saw Fletch for the first time like a year ago. Oh yeah, does that? That's that weird, right? Never, that one to me is doesn't. It's like partially an action drama, and then mm -hmm. when it crosses over into the comedy, it doesn't totally feel right. I don't know why that one is never. I like it, but it's sure. never. I guess I probably, when I first saw it, expected a Chevy Chase type movie, and it wasn't, and so mm -hmm. I never really grabbed me. However, Fletch Lives mm -hmm. is so stupid, but it at least commits to the one side okay, okay. that I remember as a kid liking that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Ha I haven't seen it, so I'm going to... Again, it's weird watching these things when you should have seen them as a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've also never seen Caddyshack, which is very weird. Oh, oh that is... That is up there for Chevy Chase movies. I mean, he's not in it all that much, mm -hmm. but when he is, mm -hmm. there's some great stuff. Yeah, that that one, if you're looking for more Chevy Chase, yeah. you have a nice meal to chew on. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. I mean, I get so much anger when I tell people I've never seen it. It just didn't come up, oh, you know. Yeah, I've got those. Everybody's got those, yeah. those gaps, you know. So you've already made the argument that this, at the very least, is a snapshot of, of, of the time in terms of, like, recording sound and the kind of music that was big yeah uh it is I, I think you've already made the argument for for why to at least give it a shot now but i feel like i should at least temper people's expectations this will not blow your mind no it will not blow your mind but it no. is interesting given what it is it's not anything i expected at all it's almost academic it's almost yeah 100 like, like you listen to it for anthropological mm -hmm. reasons mm -hmm. that's what a lot of these are for me i'm noticing now that i'm forcing myself to listen to one a day some of them just like, okay, I'm going to get through it. And do you I'm do not... that when you drive or do you... I should be doing that more, uh, but usually I try and sit down and like have a moment with it. I try and what like do you put do? the What's your needle ritual? down. Do you like pour a drink or what do you do? Sometimes. I did that a lot for the first, when I wasn't used to it. Like I was fucking knocking them back because I was, especially one, a couple nights I had to make up time and I'm like, I have to listen to three albums. So it's just like, which Ooh. I'm actually right now 10 albums behind as oh, of today. Good. So I have to make them up this weekend, but they also have to all be women. I'm doing all women for all of March since it's Women's History Month. But I'm realizing I'm the dick who doesn't own as many female comedy albums yeah. as I thought. But it is mostly, yeah, just sit down, put the needle down and listen. Sometimes take notes, but only when it's necessary. And you're just doing... 
this for yourself or are you logging no. it? For... Yeah, no, I mean, I'm doing a video every day oh, that's I do nice. where, I, where I review it sometimes incompetently, sometimes really drunk. Because <laughs> I noticed the other night I was half asleep reviewing something and I don't want to rewatch it. It was horrible. Which is like, I, I don't know what I was going to say. Like, that's it's horrible. I'm just mushing my mush mouthing it through the whole damn thing. It's pathetic. Um, okay, so we've talked about the album. I don't know when this is going to come out. Mm, let's say a month and a half. Okay. What's coming up? Where can people find you? What should people look out for? Um. Well, gosh, I've got my regular slate of podcasts. Too many, depending on when this comes out. Mm-hmm. But I was there too. Is one of my regular ones where you've been nice enough to get me two guests. Look at me go. Yeah, that's right. Both and, good guests, honest yeah. to God. I mean, Jeffrey Weissman's great, and Rick Overton is insane. These, yeah, these are. It's a podcast where I talk to people who had small but significant roles in bigger films that can mm-hmm. tell different stories than the you know the lead actors normally would. Yeah. And then I do, let's see, Pistol Shrimps Radio, where Mark McConville and I <laughs> do call play-by-play on women's rec league basketball, even though I don't know anything about sports and am unfortunately learning as I go along. But it's just really a, a, a soapbox for rambling and sure. useless information. And then by this time, I might have something out on the – Howl slash Stitcher Premium Network, which okay. will be a six-episode miniseries based on something that has come before as a podcast, uh-huh. and it's completely character-based and uh, closer to the form of something I used to do in Super Ego, that type of thing, even mm-hmm. though it's more long-form, um, and I'm really, really enjoying doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it's been announced yet, but it... Uh, it should maybe be out by the time this comes out, so look right. for that. Yeah. Well, if there's more details closer to the time, let me know, and I'll okay. just plug it in. Yeah. I'll you let know. you know after we record this, and then yeah, yeah, if it's yeah. out, you can say. That's a good idea. Yeah. So you do know the title. I do, Yeah. Yeah. It's almost done. I'm almost <laughs> done with it. Uh, you know, it's funny, uh, just to go back to that just for a second, like, there's so many times when I've interviewed people and had to bite my tongue when they'll say, well, you know, I don't really listen to podcast or, or albums much, because podcasts are the new comedy albums. I've had to bite my tongue because that is usually bullshit. Yeah. Usually bullshit. But I will say, while I do not yet have a subscription to Howl, I'm so sorry. Um, it seems like the shit that, that's being done on Howl and Earwolf when, when it's serial stuff is, like, solid in terms of that. Yeah, there's some great content. On and that. I will say, like, Super Ego might be the one podcast I've ever heard that it's at least, you know, like, it actually does approach having it. Even though I mean, the, the bonus there is that you had all the time to fuck around that you wanted. So it didn't have to. You're not limiting yourself. I, I can only do 44 minutes right. a year or something. Yeah. That's the only difference. <laughs> it's just <laughs> insane. And actually, now that I've done, I'm, I'm with Phil Proctor from the Firesign Theater. We're doing one album at a time uh, of all their albums. Oh. Having learned how much of their shit comes from improv and how much of their st- shit was pulled out of their ass stoned, uh, the the more I'm actually agreeing with people's you know assessment that Super Ego's got more in common with Firesign. Like I didn't know at the beginning how much improv was into it in it, but it makes sense now. Yeah, and we were full improv, but no stoner. Sure. I mean, some ideas might have come from mm-hmm. those periods, but one oh, yeah. time we tried to record. Oh no, and it. It was useless. I would imagine. And so we found the sharper we were, the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. I've never understood the idea of inebriated creation. It doesn't, yeah, doesn't yeah. work for me. Uh, yeah. At least not podcast. Well, podcasting, depending. Um, but, uh, okay. Well, 
I don't know what the hell I've got coming out because I don't know when this is, but I'm doing a comedy album a day. You can find that at youtube.com slash comedy on vinyl. By the time this comes out, maybe close to my next movie coming out. But in the meantime, you can go to bit.ly forward slash Soaptown DVD to watch my last movie. Well, buy my last movie called Lords of Soaptown. It's a documentary. Enjoy that. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, well, Matt, thank you very much for doing this again. My pleasure. As ever, you're a wonderful interviewer and it's a lot of fun. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs and tune into the new Stand Up channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast. 